Wistful Thinking is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For more movie and nostalgia podcasts, visit cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Welcome to Wistful Thinking, the podcast where we revisit pop culture from our youth to see if it's as good all grown up. I'm Jordan Poland-Clark. With me is my co-host, Kara Gallo-Regan. Hi. Who is crying <laughs> because, <laughs> because we... Uh, we we were about to record and we were like oh shit reboot segment. Kara was like oh, I didn't really prepare anything and I was like okay I'll I'll do a Google search to just like see if there's anything I worth talking about. I thought it was about. a slow week, slow reboot news week, but which it was. But the first thing that came up was designing women, and um, this is the noise that Kara made. <gasps> oh my god, are you serious? <laughs> oh my god, are you serious? There's going to be a Designing Women reboot? Oh my god. Oh my god. Uh, uh, I love Designing Women so much. And it is... I'm going to... I'm going to cry. I'm, oh my god. <laughs> oh, I didn't think I... Oh god. Wow. I was not prepared for this. At all. Oh my goodness. Ugh. I am not okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, and now Kara's crying because she's really pumped about designing women. I just love that show so much. Oh, I've never seen it. Why do you like it so much? Um, well, it used to be on every day on Lifetime, mm-hmm. or maybe we, or maybe it Lifetime did. and then we. No, it was Lifetime, because yeah. like, that's the only reason I've heard of it. Yeah, they aired it back-to-back with Golden Girls every day, and I feel like everyone else watched Golden Girls, and I watched Designing Women, and I mean, what a cast. It was so good. Had Annie Potts, um, Jean, what's her face? Ugh, the blonde lady. Hang on. She's so good in everything, and why can't I remember her name? I'm just overcome with emotion. That's why. Jean's smart. She's great. Uh, Dixie Carter, also wonderful. And Delta Burke. And then later, um, uh, she got replaced, and I don't remember by whom, but she was also great. And it takes place in this uh, interior design firm, uh, called Sugar Bakers, and Julia Sugar Baker lives in this house, and like her downstairs design firm, and she's this very strong woman, and she is so good at telling people off really indignantly, and I've spent my entire life uh, aspiring to be able to uh, tell someone off indignantly, uh, but then I just get overwhelmed by emotion. It doesn't quite work, um, but yeah, all four of them, heroes in my book. I love them so much. And it was so funny and so smart. And every time I see an episode now, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe we're still dealing with these issues 25 years later. But well, that's everything. Yeah. But I would say a uh, formative work in my development as a baby feminist. Oh, maybe we should watch it for the podcast one day. Uh, I would love to. But as I was saying before, before, before you started recording anyway um it's one of the great tragedies of my adult life that it's not available on any of the streaming services did say but that. perhaps maybe the 
make some kind of deal to get this on there while they're working on the reboot to get everyone pumped. So who knows? We'll see what happens. Uh, I am overcome by emotion about this. All right. So a really quick but emotional reboot roundup today. Yeah. Whew. Uh, I was not prepared. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not... I'm not glad that you weren't prepared, but I do like how strong your reaction was and how real your reaction was. I appreciate that. Yeah, that was 100%. uh, Wow. All right, so today is our last BoatCast episode. It's also like the first time that I can remember in our podcast history that we just like chose a totally random movie that actually has nothing to do with anyone's childhood to Mm -hmm. watch is that true maybe i don't remember probably we were just looking for a boat movie and we and we wanted it to be a good boat movie because we watched so many bad boat movies Mm -hmm. um so we watched dead calm which is a movie starring oh shit i pulled it up and nicole kidman it Jordan, it has three people. Three people are <laughs> well, in this movie. I couldn't remember two of their names. It was Sam Neill's name, who I couldn't remember, and I didn't want to oh, stumble. Okay. So I was like, oh, I'll just pull it up and read all three names. Yeah. It stars Nicole Kidman, Billy Zane, and Sam Neill. Um, this is the second Billy Zane boat movie that we've watched. And the second Sam Neill movie that we watched. Mm-hmm. If you haven't watched yeah, anything Dr. with... Yeah, Grant from Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm, which took me... You told me that before I started watching it and I immediately forgot and it took me until halfway through the movie to be like, oh, I know why I know him. <laughs> uh, and have we we haven't watched anything with Nicole Kidman, have we? Yes, of course we did. We did Practical Magic. We, we did? How could you forget? Yes. Oh my goodness. Jordan. Yeah, I guess we did. That was, that was her. <laughs> I remember Sandra Bullock in that movie. I don't remember her as yeah. much. Well, she isn't in it as oh, much, that's why. I don't think. Yeah. But beautiful, always. Wonderful, always. I love her so much. So Dead Calm is a movie that came out in 1989. You can tell because Nicole Kidman's hair is still curly. Oh my god, and it's so beautiful. <laughs> but you know what? That is not... Like, we both have curly hair, and you know that that's not accurate boat hair. Like, you, um... nobody's curly hair would look that good on a boat for that many days (laughs) yeah i mean she's definitely not plopping but um i don't know i don't think that's necessarily true okay uh so there there are times like when she's in distress when her curls get frizzier and like more unkempt that's boat hair but they still look good like there's there's a point on a boat when you have curly hair where you're like no I just, you're, you're like, like this is I'm over. just gonna put a scarf on this yeah when you're like, yeah. this is done I need a ponytail like this needs to go away yeah that's true well she does have that fabulous hat which we will get to we're gonna talk about anyway. our outfits yeah but first I'm gonna try to do the plot which is pretty easy I think I can do it um you know what Ugh. okay I'm gonna say the plot and then I have a huge problem with part of the plot so uh the movie opens on sam neill he's uh in the navy he's coming home from something who knows what's he coming home from australian navy i don't know time at sea yeah he's been away he's coming home and on the day that he so he's married to nicole kidman and he's expecting her to meet him uh, when he arrives, which she does not because she's in the hospital because she was in a car accident with their young son who is like two. 
Um, the son dies. She's devastated. And in order to help her mental health, I guess, they go, they take their yacht out for a vacation. Um, is that right? Am I doing it so far? Yeah, I mean, well, she has PTSD from mm-hmm. this traumatic event and having lost her young son. Mm-hmm. Um, they're both quite distraught about it. And Sam Deal decides, let's take a boat into the middle of the this, ocean okay, this and is the stay there until you stop having panic attacks. Right, this is the part I have um, a problem with. But hold on, let's get through the plot first. Um so, right, they're on a yacht, on the ocean, everything's going well. Not really. Wasn't it? I mean, it? it's fine, <laughs> I guess. And they, um, and they encounter another boat that looks like it's in trouble, so they are like, no, we should see what it is. Turns out it's Billy Zane, they take him on to their boat, and he's a psycho. And mm, Very much so. Nicole Kidman ends up alone on the boat with him because totally just leave her alone with the stranger it's fine and Sam Neill gets trapped on Billy Zane's boat for most of the movie and Nicole Kidman has to fight off the psycho and try to save her husband yeah did I miss anything yeah <clears throat> um I mean it's not a very complicated plot I actually really liked this it certainly has its problems but I like really enjoyed this movie a lot I didn't Okay. Uh, until I got really emotionally involved by the end because it felt like to me tension finally started to build in the end. But before that, to me, it felt like there were no stakes in this movie because, like, they're not going to kill Nicole Kidman or Sam Neill. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. they're going to beat Billy Zane. And they, for so for me, because I knew that was going to happen, and they just they didn't do a whole lot of other things to build the tension until until it got closer to the end. I think maybe eventually they did. Uh, okay, mm, do you want to talk about what you did like before I talk about the things that I had a problem with? Yeah, um, and and there are definitely plenty of things to have a problem to have problems with. I agree with you there. Um, but like I said, I really like Nicole Kidman's outfit. Her outfits. Okay, let's let's go. So first, Nicole Kidman's hat mm. was just like the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. It's this like big straw hat with like the brim is like flipped up around. Yeah, the edge. so it's not a floppy hat. No, it's a more structured hat. It's a structured and hat. And then it has like a white ribbon around the head part. And then the ribbon comes down, and she has it tied under her chin, and it's really it's, silly and it's wonderful. Perfect. But then she also has these like goofy white sunglasses and like a white shirt on, and like these cute little shorts, and it's just a whole look. They're like they are high waisted shorts that look good. They're not like Laura Dern Jurassic Park high waisted shorts. I also like Laura Dern and Jurassic Park. Oh, I don't like shorts, those. But... I think those are too much. <laughs> I like them all. <laughs> these were yeah. these were more elegant than Laura Dern's they Jurassic were. They Park were like, shorts. They were like a less baggy, still pleated in the front, but like a nice gray instead of a khaki. Uh, just very lovely boat wear. And then later, 
in the movie, she wears this white raincoat. Oh, yeah, I forgot about the raincoat. She wears a white raincoat that has this, like, collar that's, like, popped up really high. But there's, like, it's just standing straight up, and there's a lot of space between her collar and the neck. It's a beautiful coat. (laughs) It is very beautiful. Uh, Costume designer Norma Morisot did the costumes for the second and third Mad Max movies. And maybe... No, not the fourth one. She's dead. Um, But uh, this being an Australian production, uh, many other people involved in Deadcom also worked on the Mad Maxes. Um, George Miller, who uh, directed and produced like the entire Mad Max franchise, worked as a producer and segment director on this. Um, Terry Hayes wrote all those scripts and this one and Dean Semler the cinematographer also worked on the Mad Max movies and a recent favorite Waterworld mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, I was surprised when you, you, you we were talking about this for a minute before we started recording and I'm shocked by that based on how this movie looks why I just this movie didn't do anything for me visually most of the time and obviously like Waterworld didn't really either (laughs) but like there were some pretty strong choices in Waterworld oh yeah for sure um but also Waterworld is like it's a different movie very different movie but it was actually towards the beginning I noticed like a sunset sky and I was like don't tell me this is the same guy again we you and I have both been having a lot of Mad Max a lot of George Miller in our lives yeah. Recently, I I was on um, Watched the Throne, uh, which, if you're listening to this podcast the day it comes out, is not out yet, but probably you're not. It comes out tomorrow. Um, I was on the Fury Road episode. And I'll be on Third Time's a Charm at some point in the near future, talking about the third Mad Max movie, but in order to do that I went back and watched the first two as well so a lot of Mad Max but you did not watch Fury Road not yet nope saving that for I don't know you've never seen it no I've (gasps) seen parts of it I've seen like clips of it it looks great uh, Whoa! I, don't know. I just haven't seen, seen it. I yet. can't wait to talk to you about it one day it's <laughs> it's like the most perfect movie I've ever seen yeah I mean, but, like, everyone has said so many good things about it, and now I'm kind of afraid that I'm no, going to, like, watch it and be like, mm. You won't. There's okay. so many movies that I would be like, yeah, like, it's just hype. Like, you'll probably be disappointed. Like, you, this move, nope. You, if, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen Fury Road, just stop. Just stop everything you're doing and <laughs> go watch Fury Road, because you need to see it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It'll happen eventually. I'll let you know. Okay, you'll know cool. You'll know when it happens. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, but like you were saying that you didn't find this movie particularly striking visually. I don't think it was either. Um, but it also, it was like simply nice looking. Yeah. Like it wasn't. Yeah. It you wasn't know, trying it wasn't to like, do anything Whoa, fancy. this is so beautiful. But yeah. it like was... Uh, visually appealing in a very simple 
way, which I think was a lot is a lot more successful um, in a movie of this scale where you only have three characters and it's not like this expansive universe to like keep it kind of all on the boat. Yeah, I mean that was an okay choice for this. <laughs> um, okay, what else did I like so we this? liked the outfits. What else did you like? Um, I don't know. I just found it really engaging, and you didn't. <laughs> but I was like very engaged and like wanted to see what was going to happen next. And like, yes, of course, like obviously the bad guy is going to die, and the good people are going to. Um, survive but I just was like engaged in like how was that going to happen and how are they going to get out of the situation and and specifically how is Nicole Kidman going to get out of the situation because I, I didn't really care about Sam Neill and he was like on the other boat doing things that I didn't really understand for most of the movie anyway <laughs> I like just wasn't sure what he was trying to do over there well yeah you know, yeah. like if his if his whole goal was to just like stay afloat for lo- like long enough for her to find him, like why not just like make a raft, you know, instead of well, which he, he li- does eventually. He does eventually, yeah, because the rest of the boat sinks. But he's like, he has no choice. Yeah, he's like doing this crazy pump thing and like almost dies doing that. Just buddy, make a raft. You're gonna be fine, you know. But whatever. That's aside. Um, well, he was being a man. That's what he was doing. Yeah. He was like, no, I got to check it out and like see what's going on. <gasps> I've like... already made so many poor choices. <laughs> I have to keep going. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is kind of how he behaves. And he almost dies because of it. His wife has to save yeah. him. Because he, Cause like he had to like get in the dinghy and go check out the other boat, which was just like not totally not. I mean he ha- he has a suspicion that Billy Zane's lying about like what happened to the boat and what happened in the boat and whatever but and so he wants to like go over there and see if it's really sinking like he says and whatever but it just uh, would have been a lot safer to stay on his own boat right although that would have been a really boring movie because probably when he goes back to the other boat that's how we find out that Billy Zane's a big fat liar and he killed a bunch of people mm-hmm and also then Nicole Kidman has to fend for herself, which, yeah. you know, it's a, it sets it up, but also makes you be like, man, this character is dumb. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, what else is good about uh, this? The title slide was really good. <laughs> the, the title slide was good, and the music was really scary sometimes. Yeah. The, like, that, yeah. that breathy that, music. Yeah. Which definitely, like, contributes to, like, the engaging But I don't think they used it enough. Drama. Okay. Interesting. I think they could have gotten way more over the top with it. Yeah. Um, I kind of like the radio exchange between Nicole Kidman and Sam mm-hmm. Neill. Because she can, he can hear her, but his microphone thingy isn't really working so he's like using I guess just Morse code yes or no to like answer her questions so they have this exchange that I found really interesting the way that they did that yeah that was a good way to build some tension mm-hmm. 
I like how Billy Zane died eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was really funny and wonderful. I, I like a real homage to the uh, Jaws films. I agree. I was like, but like by that time, I was like yelling things out loud. Like it was the last like twenty minutes of the movie that I got really into. Yeah. So I, I like yelled out loud and threw my hands up in the air when that happened. He gets <laughs> what is he gets shot in the face with a um a flare. A flare. Yeah. And basically gets blown up just like uh the shark in like every Jaws movie. I really like that a lot. Um and I also like for a moment really thought that he was gonna kill her when he gets back on the boat. Because oh, she didn't. had like she she had like almost killed him and then like put him on a floaty raft. She just like couldn't bear to actually do it, so she yeah. didn't kill him. And then you know she's swimming for some reason. Sam Neill is washing her hair, which didn't make sense, but also was very nice that he was washing. It was her very hair. nice and intimate and and like a beautiful like scene of non sexual intimacy between two people. But also, I was like, oh, that man does not know how to wash curly hair. No. Because <laughs> then... he's, like, scrubbing it. And, like, <laughs> no, and then I was, like, stressed out about Because then he left, which is how Billy Zane gets to her. He leaves her with the shampoo in her hair. And yeah. I was stressed out about how long the shampoo is in her hair. Right. And then it was like, what, are they just going to rinse it out and let it go all over, like, the dock of their ship? Like, I was just, like, stressed out about. Yeah. That. It would have made a lot more sense for uh, him to be deep conditioning, but, <laughs> like, that's fine. Whatever. Um, but, and then he, like, goes down to, like, get tea and breakfast, and Billy Zane gets back on the boat and is, like, strangling her, and I really thought that he was going to kill her, and I actually yelled, like, don't tell me this is how it's going <laughs> to I was, like, so mad that, like, after we've seen her defend herself and, like, really, like, hold her own against this fucking psychopath that like he was gonna kill her are you serious um and then sam neil shoots him with a flare but i liked that i liked it <laughs> that, well, i i also i yeah he also like billy zane still had blood all over his hands uh-huh during that part from earlier when he like really kind of grossly sawed himself out of being tied up and um but also from being shot with harpoons I don't think that's why the blood was on his hands. I think that's why the blood was other places. I mean, there's just generally... There's blood. He's bleeding. But, but, but it's, like, it's so gross. By the time he gets back on the ship, it's like dried blood on his hands. So when mm-hmm. he puts his hands into her hair to keep <laughs> shampooing her hair because her eyes are closed, she doesn't know it's him. He's yeah. like getting blood in her hair and it's all gross. Uh, it takes so long to wash blood out of your hair. Why do you know that? Um, I'm a very clumsy person, and sometimes, sometimes I wind up bloody, and then sometimes it gets in my hair, and then it dries before I realize that it's there. So, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> in a recent, uh, when I, like, almost chopped off the tip of my finger. Oh, yeah, I remember happened. that. Yeah. Uh, but anyway... <laughs> Blood's just hard to wash out of stuff in general. Did you know that there are enzymes in your own spit that will dissolve your blood? I didn't like, know that. If you have a stain or something, if you like spit on it and like work it in and let it sit, it might actually like get the blood. But out. like just for my spit and my blood? I don't know. It might just be enzymes in spit in oh. general, but it might also 
I don't know. A nurse friend of mine told me that. That would be pretty magical if it was just my spit and my blood and it would work. I know, right? Like a secret key that will unlock blood from fabric. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so what didn't you like about this? So here's my problem with this. Well, it's two things that are related. Mm -hmm. I cannot stand what this woman gets put through in this movie. I cannot stand it. It's there were parts that I, mean, I almost had to fast forward because I was like, I don't think I can watch this. And her, ch- they kill her child for no yeah. reason. For no yeah. reason. Not we don't for no need, reason. No, we don't need that as setup. This is the same movie. I agree with you. If they just but... go on a yacht together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So I agree with you mostly. Um, but it's not for no reason. This sets up, like, so often, um, like, the trauma of losing someone close to you is used as, like, an inciting incident and, like, the inspiration for somebody to then, like, go on this, like, journey, right? Like, this whether it's for revenge or they're processing the trauma or like whatever um that's what like sets the groundwork for this journey i'm not saying that it's like necessary and definitely needs to happen but it's a common trope and very often for women characters the trope is um played out with a sexual trauma which don't worry we get we get that too in this movie, but that's not that's not the whole reason. Um, and the, like plenty of other times, it might be losing a child. Now, my problem with the way that they handled that in this movie is that they actually show the child dying. They do. Oh my god, I forgot. They so the setup for the car accident is like it's a rainy night and Nicole Kidman's driving and her kid is in the back in his car seat and the kid unbuckles his car seat and she's like no baby like get back in the seat get back in the seat and that's when she crashes the car so they show the baby going through the windshield of the car which is bonkers and actually uh second like the first Mad Max movie uh, I don't know if they like show it but uh, uh, Max's child baby like it's a baby dies in that one too at the end and I was just like I cannot fucking believe they did that like th- that would never happen in an American movie I don't think like that they would kill a baby or like show a child dying in that way like that's just like a cultural difference that like would never be allowed i think by most uh american producers not in like um, a and executives not, maybe in like an indie movie not in like a real movie <laughs> that's not the right word you studio. know what i mean <laughs> yeah big studio movie um yeah maybe but even still i just think that the the sensibility is very different and uh the United States is like has this creepy baby obsession but um so I don't I don't think it's necessarily for no reason but I just I had a really I had a problem with like the way that they handled that um like yeah they could have just gone on a boat and this whole thing could have played out 
the same too but this trauma at the beginning of the film sets up this character to be like particularly vulnerable and so her journey over the course of the film is to like overcome that or whatever which i also have like problems with but um and to like like go through this transformative experience to like come out the other end of it and then like at the end of the movie they're like just hanging out and enjoying the sun and going swimming and like whatever and that's weird and like that's i mean yeah that's i mean we also like this was part of my problem with speed too also Mm-hmm. Well, it's part of my problem with the first speed, also. Actually, it's like mm-hmm. you put people, and it's always women. I mean, oh, of course, it's always yeah. women. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I guess there's examples of men too, but it's generally women. Like through the craziest, worst shit, mm-hmm. and then they're just like, and then, and it's like some kind of like growing experience, and then at the end right. they're just happy, usually right. with a man. Like, I'm just so done with that shit. I'm just so done with it. <laughs> because so many yeah, other horrible things point. happen to her in this. Like, so, yeah. okay, her kid's dead. Her husband takes her on this yacht. Even though she's, like, not down with going on the yacht. She wants no. to go home. Like, she's trapped yeah. on the yacht. Yeah. He has isolated her on a boat in the middle he, of the Pacific Ocean. And he's Ocean. like, yeah. no, no, no. I know very what's controlling. best. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't like that. I don't like that. No, that's that's a very controlling thing to do. So like we know that this is a husband who is mostly absent. Um, like this is all that we know about him. He's mostly absent. He's incredibly controlling and very dismissive of like, like this trauma that she's experienced. Like, yes, he lost his kid too, but she was there and she was the one who was driving. And like, she's going to blame herself for that for the rest of her life. Like give her time, buddy. Yeah. And I guess like him taking her on a boat in the middle of the ocean, like is his version of giving her time. But it's like, in it's, it's like his idea of what's best for right. the situation and not necessarily like, because when, he's on the water he feels better so she must too she and it's like, like oh you don't want to be here I don't care this is what's good for you like that kind of paternalism which is really uh, problematic but also extremely common and um, you know yeah so so the I other thing didn't I didn't like from like the beginning of the movie is like Sam Neill is set up as the main character because we see mm-hmm. him first so, and I, I guess this isn't always true, but, like, generally the first character that you meet and, like, start your journey with, like, that's your main character. That's who mm-hmm. you're, like, you know. But, like, wh- like, wouldn't this have been better if it opened on her? Yeah. And, like, because like, I feel like that ruined a little bit for me where I was, like, not, not as connected with her as I wanted to be. Okay. Because yeah. the movie opened on him. Yeah. Um, right. Okay. So, kid's dead. She's on this boat that she doesn't want to be on. And then Billy Zane rapes her. Mm-hmm. Like, and that was the part that I almost couldn't watch. Like, yeah. it was just so disgusting. It was so disgusting. And I think she makes the choice to go along with it. 
Mm -hmm. because she's trying to figure out how to manipulate him and I think Mm -hmm. she's like well if I don't fight this maybe I can get something out of it I think she's just trying not to die Mm. you know like I yeah she like she does the calculus in her head she already has like figured out that like this is not somebody who takes rejection very well no. and like uh she's already started to figure out that like hmm, maybe he killed all those people and like if she rejects him it, like it's just it's not going to go well so she's just using the tools at her disposal to buy time and to you know to, like to like you were saying to figure out you know what to do next and i goodness knows i am i've seen more rape scenes in movies than uh like i would care to and if i never see one again uh that would be great but uh all things considered this one was uh interesting to me because of like the calculus that she does and like she makes this decision that that she's not going to like fight him off in this moment um which i think is interesting because rape is so often portrayed in this like very specific way um when like a lot of times it's a lot more complicated than that and so here's an an example of um, a sexual assault that's like a lot more complicated and you know I like I don't think it needed to be in the movie but it could have been worse I don't know I think that's probably why I was like I had such a strong reaction to this mm -hmm. because it was very complicated right but I think it's it's interesting um because of you know how our culture uh so often blames women for their own sexual traumas and you know in in a situation like this if she were to tell this story after the fact people would be like yeah but you went along with it yeah like why didn't you do anything about it right um and I think that this character also would have a lot of self-blame for it, too, because she didn't fight him off because of whatever, you know, and she already is carrying so much self-blame from that car accident. So it's like these two kind of like parallel traumas in her life that uh, like, sure, she's swimming and shampooing her hair at the end of the movie, but these are two things that she's going to carry with her for the rest of her life and like carry a lot of self-blame for and like that she shouldn't necessarily but like I don't know I just found that interesting um and and I uh I don't know (sighs) oh I think that was well said yeah and like part of why it's so upsetting to me that at the end of the movie she's just like swimming and washing her hair Mm mm-hmm which also, I mean, I I don't think is necessarily that inappropriate to the situation. Like, if you just got through all of this <laughs> stuff and you're like, oh my god, finally, 
like not necessarily like finally I can relax, but like I'm not in grave danger anymore. Isn't that nice? I'm gonna right. like jump well, in the water and rinse I, off. Yeah, and I guess like this isn't like super fair of me, but like part of my problem with her in this movie and like I think we've talked about this before. This upset me in some other movie. I don't remember what it was. But it's like she never has a strong reaction to anything that happens to her. Except except like the part where we see her like really losing it because she's upset about her kid. Like mm-hmm. right before is are they on the boat already? There's a part at the beginning where she's like screaming. Well, she like wakes she's up screaming from the and crying. Yeah. yeah, they're on the boat. And so like to me, I'm like I just want to see her react somehow to any of the things that have happened to her during this journey that we've watched, but she never does. Mm, I don't know if I agree with you. Really? About that. Yeah. Um, because a lot of times when we're like going through something, you don't necessarily have the biggest reactions, like. It's, it's only after, like, you've been through it and now you're safe and, like, your brain has time to process what you've been through. Um, a lot of times, like, that's when PTSD sets in. It's not, like, all, like, immediately um, you're having flashbacks and panic attacks. It's usually, like, there's, like, a period of time where, like, you think you're fine and then all of a sudden it hits and you're like, what the fuck is happening to me? You know what I mean? So I I don't, like, I think that her reactions in the moment are not totally inappropriate because, like, she doesn't necessarily have the the time or the information to fully process what is happening she's just like focused on surviving and getting back to her husband and not dying you know what I mean I do know and I agree with you that in reality that's what it's like but I guess for me it made it for a boring movie (laughs) (laughs) that's fair that's fair I mean that's why you know that's why movies are the way they are and that's why those kinds of depictions can be problematic because it's like you know not necessarily true to life or if it is true to life it's just it's never going to be as interesting you know in a a nice tight 90 minute movie did you notice that uh, nice, yeah like, hour 34 um you know to like keep the story moving and keep it interesting for the most part uh things will be kind of played up but i actually liked that kind of more grounded uh, depiction in the movie. I think that also Billy Zane has the ability. I mean, just if you look at like this and Cal, he has the ability to like Titanic. in the blink of an eye just like be a monster. Oh my god! If he would just like keep his mouth shut, he would be a very handsome man. <laughs> His eyebrows like, are really why? nice. Did you notice his, his eyebrows, eyebrows in this? Yes. I mean, you had messaged me before I even watched it, and we we're like, oh my god, his eyebrows. And then I was like, you're right. He has very nice eyebrows. He's very handsome, but he always plays a psycho. Ugh. Like, just terrible. Like a, not, not just a psycho, just like, ugh, like a person, like, like, I want to push him away from me when I'm watching <laughs> yeah. him. You know? Yeah. I agree. Um... 
Yeah, and like his performance in this is really the only person who's like his reactions are kind of movie sized, you know, as opposed to like. Well, can you imagine a movie where three people have no reactions the whole time? Oh, thank you. Somebody's got to do something. Yeah, so apparently this was actually based on a book. Um, and hang on a second. Oh, well, first of all, Billy Zane starred in two other films, also involving a sinking ship and some kind of love triangle, Titanic, as you mentioned, and a movie called Survival Island from 2005. And in all three of them, he plays the more menacing of the two men and the woman (laughs) chooses the other guy over him. I think is interesting. He was also in the movie that he made after this. I noticed on IMDb was also a movie on a boat. It was on a cruise ship, um, really, starring Adam Sandler. Who I I, I don't know how much Billy Zane is in this. This is the most research I did was just to look at the title and the um, little picture on IMDb. But yeah, it's a movie about Adam Sandler trying to be a cruise ship comedian. Oh no, that sounds yeah upsetting yeah <laughs> hang on i just is it called going overboard yeah probably that he sounds plays right. king neptune wow i've never heard of this i had neither i wonder if it's actually funny i'm gonna say no but those early adam sandler movies were mm, they were you know. funny because we were young not because mm. they're actually funny i think i don't Maybe. know what do i know i don't think i've watched them in a long time maybe we should watch them Maybe for next year's boat cast, okay. we'll watch that one. We could do an Adam Sandler series. Oh my God! Please don't make me do that. <laughs> you don't want to watch like Happy Gilmore? Let's see. It would be what would it be? It would be Happy Gilmore, Happy Gilmore Billy, Billy Madison, Madison, and uh, the Water Boy. I do really love the Wedding Singer. Oh I, yeah, I, I like the Wedding Singer movie. too. Which, by the way is 20 years old Ew, i just realized weird. that the other day i was like how is that possible um yeah i don't know anyway um so this movie is based on the novel dead calm by charles williams orson wells actually had filmed it under the name of the deep a previous titled dead reckoning based on his own script um but he didn't finish it. A bunch of people, including Orson Welles. The original story had more characters in it than are in this version that we're talking about. Filming lasted on that version from 1967 till 1969, and a few scenes could not be filmed due to the death of Lawrence Harvey in 1973. So Welles' version never actually reached the big screen, but around 1997, there were rumors that his material had been revised and seemed, quote, as good as complete compared to the shooting script, and that his widow, Paola Mori, was trying to get it cut and distributed, which I think is really interesting. Um, And I'm going to see if I can dig up any of that footage, but probably not. Uh, Other than the character names and the scenario of the woman trapped on a boat with a psychopath, the film, this film, uh, bears little resemblance to the book which had several other main characters including Huey's wife and another couple and presented Huey as a nominally asexual man-child whatever that means but I think the man-child carries through into this uh, 1989 version that we're talking about 
Yeah. Because he, like, the way that he reacts to things is like a, a big old baby. Definitely. What a nightmare to be trapped on a boat with that guy. Well, even if he's not trying to kill you. Right. Even if he's just acting like a giant man-child. Um, oh, he uses, like, right towards the beginning of when he's on the boat and what's-his-face is rowed off to the other boat, he is, like, hitting on Nicole Kidman and uses this line about uh, the bone structure of her face and how she has great bone structure and that artists, you know, when they look at people, they really look at them from the inside out and he can tell that she just has great bone Did he say the inside out or did he say the back? Oh, maybe that. I think of it more as like looking at people inside out. Yours makes more (laughs) sense, which is why I asked because I remember specifically being like, from the back really i was just yeah because when he said that i thought he meant like through like her eyes you know like from the like if you're looking at someone's face from the back that means that you're like inside of their head (laughs) (laughs) but then he like elaborated on it and i understood what he he was trying to (laughs) say i was just like ugh, please like it's such a uh, stupidly overused kind of way of hitting on somebody, and I don't appreciate it. I think it's stupid. Just as an artist, get a new line. <laughs> Did you know that before filming began, Nicole Kidman took lessons from the owner of the Storm Vogel, which I think uh, is the boat that they're sailing, on uh, how to operate the ship? And during the storm sequences near the end of the film, she is, in fact, piloting the yacht by herself. I love that. It really looks like she is, because she is. Yeah. Do you know my favorite? I think my favorite shot of this movie is when she is piloting the yacht by herself, and she's on her way back to save her husband, and she's just standing on the front of the ship Mm -hmm. like a goddess. Yeah. Yeah. Who needs Leonardo DiCaprio? No. Nuh-uh. You just stand there by herself. She's flying by herself. Yeah, and she even, like, crawls up onto the mast at one point as standing up there. I actually, I really loved that part of the movie where she's just sailing the boat I by herself. I would watch that movie. Like, if there I was just too. a couple hours of her sailing. Yeah. Like, sailing yeah. and, like, bad weather. And sometimes the wind <laughs> would blow her hair around and sometimes yeah. it would calm down. Like, there could be a lot of drama there. A lot of things could happen. Yeah, I think that movie exists, um, not necessarily starring Nicole Kidman. There was a recent um, Robert Redford movie that might be that. Oh, I feel like I saw that, where he's just stuck on a boat and he has to yeah. live. I saw that. It wasn't, but you know, there's something about watching a strong woman do it. Yeah, no, oh, I agree with you entirely. Do you, yes. Like, do you ever... I forget what it's called. There's a oh on on Netflix. There's a thing called Slow TV. Have you watched it? Is that the the like train through yes. Norway? Oh, yes. yes, it's wonderful. So that's like I liked watching that so much, and I would I feel like there's more things like that that I would watch in real life, yeah. and like a strong woman piloting a boat is one of them. <laughs> Oh my god, yes, please. Like, I don't even need a plot. Mm-hmm. I could use, like, a little bit of, like, visual drama, you know? 
Sure, of course. But, but I mean, you get that from nature. You get you, know, you get weather, you get sunsets, you get clouds. You know, there's a lot of drama that can happen on a boat just by yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Let's let's rent a boat and make a movie. <laughs> And it's just a strong woman driving a boat. Okay, but we need to practice a few times first because I don't think we'd look like strong women the first time. At least I know I wouldn't. I don't know how you do on boats, but... I just uh, took a sip of something before you said that and almost shot it on my nose. <laughs> um, I agree. It's the, been a long time. The first time I've would be a different kind Operated of... a sailboat. Yeah. Um, actually, you... We probably would have to take sailing lessons. Yeah. Get our boating license first. It's um, nice to have dreams, though, one day. Learn how to tie knots. I loved that she used her knot tying skills to tie Billy Zane up. Yeah, but she tied the knot in the front, and that's why he was able to get out. I know. She should have tied it in thing. the back. Yep. Always, always hog tie the person. <laughs> Never the other way around. No. Um or wait, which way is hogtied? Hogtied is in your the back, back, right? Yeah. Um, but still, excellent use of nautical knots. Uh, she was only 20 years old when she made wow, this movie. Wow, really? Isn't that crazy? She turned 20 while they were shooting, and the wow. cast and crew her held a massive party. Her husband is a lot party. older than her. Uh, yeah. Well, welcome to Hollywood. Or not really, because this was made in Australia. Uh oh! In the beginning of the movie, when the black schooner, which is Billy Zane's boat, is first sighted, John radios his position to the the other boat as sixteen degrees sixteen minutes south, one hundred seventy six degrees forty seven minutes west. This position would have placed their boat in the South Pacific Islands of Tonga, approximately sixty five nautical miles southwest of the Tongan island of Iwa and 350 nautical miles east of the island of Fiji. Thus, both vessels were, in fact, on South Sea Island cruises, and Huey's South Sea Island cruise pamphlet and story is actually true. So that's... Because he claims that he was, like, on this cruise with this photographer. I kind of got lost in that part. What? I kind of got lost in that part. Or, like... I didn't need them to explain all that to me, and I don't think they did a good enough job explaining, like, what happened mm-hmm. to him and how he got there for me to care yeah. about it. Yeah, that's fair. I think they could they could have done it better. Well, because we find out about it a lot through, like, when... What's his name? Is on... Sam Neill. When Sam Neill is on Billy Zane's boat. Mm-hmm. He, and he gets the power he working again. Puts the power on, like a... yeah. And there's, like, a video, video playing? Yeah. Which implies that, like, what, Billy Zane was just watching that when the power went out on the ship? Yeah, I mean, that doesn't really make any sense. <laughs> but I do think that that was one of the scariest shots, was, like, because mm-hmm. when the power came back on, the lights were flickering, this, like, weird movie was playing, and music kept coming on and yeah. off. Yeah, really loud music. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I for some reason... The scenes on that boat, most of them were really boring and I think <laughs> unnecessary, but they could have been better and could have been like scarier and creepier instead yeah. of just like suspensefully trying not to drown 
doing something dumb instead of just building a raft. Like, they could have, I think, fleshed that out a little more. Also, the corpses on uh, that boat, not great practical effects. Yeah. I thought they were um, mannequins at first, like, when they first washed in. Yeah, well, because they were. But, like, they didn't look like they used to be actual human bodies. Um, Oh, well, apparently the movie originally ended with her bashing Huey's head in with the harpoon gun and throwing him into the ocean on the inflatable raft to float into the distance before turning the boat around and saving John from his makeshift raft. Uh, The last shot of the movie... Uh, was Ray hugging John and telling him she loved him so much and that she hadn't given up hope and giving her character closure from her hopeless outlook at the film's bleak opening. Uh, audiences, however, weren't satisfied with Huey's ambiguous fate, although the implication was that Ray had killed him with the blows to the head, and the ending was reshot at the behest of studio heads who were afraid audiences would spread bad mer- word of mouth about the ending. Um, so that's interesting that it, uh, the like the hilarious ending actually was reshot. It was the second ending. Yeah. And I'm so glad. Yeah. I would have been like, ugh, that was dumb. Although, at the same time, I was kind of frustrated that it was Sam Neill who ultimately kills him and not Nicole Kidman. Because, like, she, like, it would have been so much more cathartic for her to be the person who killed him, but whatever. Uh... The movie was filmed over a 14-week span in the Whitsunday Islands in the winter of 1987, and George Miller directed some of the sequences himself, including one where Sam Neill's character was tormented in the boat by a shark, which I actually don't even remember. I don't oh, think that wait. happened. Uh, now I remember why. The scene ended up being dropped from the final yeah, because that didn't happen in this movie. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. The CODA sequence was filmed at the request of Warner Brothers seven months after principal photography finished. Uh, some taglines. 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 Uh, a voyage into fear. High seas. Deep terror. Try to stay calm. I like that one. Yeah, but you uh, used the word calm twice. Why? Oh, because it's calm, in the title of the movie. Try to stay calm. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, and then in the middle of nowhere, there is nowhere to hide. That one's pretty good, too. But not really, because Billy Zane kind of hides. I mean, yeah, they both hide, like, a bunch of times. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. That's all my notes, though. Wow. That's, yeah, I didn't even take notes for this. Yeah, I didn't take many, because I was, like, too busy actually watching it. Yeah, I just watched it. Ooh, you know what I've been watching that has been very engaging and interesting? What? There is a new series on Hulu called Castle Rock that's, like, a Stephen King, J.J. Abrams thing, and it's super creepy and very engaging, and I've been really, really into it. Highly recommend 
takes place in like a creepy main town because it's a Stephen King thing, um, which is actually the town where Shawshank Prison is. So it's like in the same universe as Shawshank Redemption, which is weird. Uh, and like creepy shit happens and I like it. And Melanie Linsky is the character and I love her. Oh, I like her. Yeah, she's really good in everything. I started watching Sharp Objects. Oh, yeah. But then instead of watching it, I just read what happens. Because it was a book, so it's pretty easy to just yeah. find the plot. Yeah. And I think that's all I needed. It's actually, okay. it's, it's, I, I was, it's hard to watch. It's a that's lot. what I hear. Yeah. Um, people have said it's really good, but I don't, there are reasons why I would prefer just not to watch it. So I'm just not going to, probably. Oh, I also finished A Handmaid's Tale this week. Finally. <sighs> yeah, I did that last week. Yeah. What'd you think? Mm, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't had time to like process it yet. And probably I need to watch it again. Oh my god, I never want to see it again. Ugh. I mean, I cried a lot. Obviously. Yeah. But I have mixed feelings about her going back Mm -hmm. like that's not the show I want to watch in some ways right yeah like her leaving her baby and going back again spoiler yeah I guess if you haven't watched Handmaid's Tale um I'm really glad that what's her name Emily is that the other Handmaid's name yeah really glad she got out because I was the Bradley Whitford character is so interesting and I know because the whole time I was like what is his deal I I couldn't figure out like what his vibe was right exactly and And you're like I don't know maybe he's good but maybe he's really bad which is basically the exact same character that he played in Get Out (laughs) I was like is this the same the same character um yeah that was really interesting I don't know it's so stressful watching that show. But and I I also just like appreciate how how complex they keep Serena. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Whew. Man, her character though is I mean, they're all so complex and it's all so good and I just hate it so much cuz it's like so good and so upsetting and I I like I, it makes me angry that it's so upsetting. Yeah. But I mean that's a very successful piece of art, media, whatever you want to call it. Um my one complaint is that like if this ever were to happen um people like the people who take over the u.s and establish gilead like they would not have the aesthetic sense that these people oh, do you think they the look show. too good <laughs> yeah oh way too good are you kidding me the uh well because i was thinking a lot about those mercedes trucks that they all drive mm-hmm. like First of all, they're just way too pretty. Second of all, I wonder how Mercedes feels about this. And, like, did they give them those trucks? What, like, were they willingly participating in this show about uh, this fascist regime when, like, Mercedes, I think... If you can see the logo, they had to approve it. Yeah, so, I don't know. I, I just found that really interesting and complex. And then I was thinking more about it 
and being like, well, what kind of cars would those people drive? <laughs> and then it kind of all went from there. Yeah. But or it all looks too good. Or don't you think that just shows like how hypocritical those people are? Because we all know they don't follow their own rules in a lot of ways. And so maybe they are yeah, just, like, I just don't egotistical, think that they have, like, they, they care about looks, have the taste. you know? Yeah. They care about looks, but I don't, I don't know. I just, they don't have taste. Be tackier. Like, they'd be Hummers or something. <laughs> have you watched anything else good? Mm, Been too no. busy living your life? I don't think I have. Um, well, we started out with boat cast. You were like, I don't know how I feel about boats. How do you feel about boats now? I still, it's not, it's definitely still not my favorite kind of movie to watch. Mm-hmm. Aside from Titanic, <laughs> I just haven't loved, I can't tell you any other boat movie that I really like. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and it I turns th- out. I like boat movies less than I thought Whoa, I did. Oh, really? How come? I still really like them. Uh, well, it's just Speed 2 was so bad. <laughs> I kind of cast a pall over all the other ones. I mean, I think anybody trying to make a boat movie really ha- has... It's it's They're setting themselves up to fail a little bit because... Mm-hmm. Oh, a lot of it, yeah. Like, it just... like the way that boats and water move mm-hmm. not great for movies it feels like Mm-mm. like there's be- nope. because boats are slow for the most part and water is yeah. kind of like meditative and also kind of slow you know unless yeah. we're talking about a storm right which is a which different is thing. like a whole other area yeah. of uh, nightmare um, production nightmares i feel like they all kind of like have yeah, like a pace, of, or you know, you've just you've really boxed yourself in. Mm-hmm. If that's yeah. what kind of true. choice you're making about your movie, right? Well, you know, they say that sometimes uh, putting limitations on yourself uh, can inspire greater creativity to work around them. I don't think it's always uh, was not true successful, with any of the movies we watched. I don't think that's true. I I really did like Deadcom like a lot. Uh, aside from, you know, certain things. Um, but I like the slow, meditative thing sometimes. Depends on the movie. I liked it in Dead Calm. Do you know what Didn't movie? like it in Speed 2. I think it works better. Like, like that kind of, that the pace of water works really well in, like, The Life of Pi, where he's stranded on the water Mm-hmm. I have not seen that. Oh, but it's he's like stranded on the water for the entire movie. Um, but because he's stranded, it's like the no movement or the moving very slow, like really mm-hmm. work works to help that. You know, you're right. like, I don't know, maybe maybe he'll never get out of this. <laughs> Although I guess you know you know he gets out of it, but yeah. Um, like so in in a case like that. It works well. I'm trying to think of like of other water movies, like or boat movies that I actually really like. Well, I think it also works. Like it's it, this 
thing is like really successful in Titanic and a complete and total failure in Speed 2, which is because it's like this uh, disaster is unfolding really slowly, you have time to like build up the tension and like really, you know, ramp it up, um, which works, like I said, in Titanic and then speed two is just like why is this happening everyone has time to get out of the way (laughs) well we're starting a new series after this which doesn't really have a name no does it no not really it's not it's also i mean well, we're, it's just for September, so I don't know. I feel like a series has to be like three or more episodes, oh, but two episodes in a row can also be a series. Didn't we I guess. do? Didn't we do? We did three boat cast movies. We, we did it over mm-hmm. two months, I guess. Yeah. All right. Whatever. Well, we're gonna do some musicals next. We're gonna do two musicals next. Mm-hmm. Do we know what they are? I know what one of them is. Yeah, one of them is going to be Grease, uh, which I am both very excited for and also kind of dreading because uh, my last encounter with Grease was that live version oh. they did on TV, mm-hmm. which wasn't terrible. It was fine. Uh, Carly Rae Jepsen was in it. That's cool. <laughs> Uh, but because I didn't have the nostalgic attachment to it that I have with the original movie, I realized how rapey it is. Oh. And it's like really rapey. Oh no, I've never um, watched Yeah, I've never watched it like yeah. in the last so, 10 years. So it'll be interesting to revisit that um, and see if it's still guarded by my nostalgic attachment to it. I did put on the soundtrack the other day while I was working and that's still really fun so we'll see um and then the other one i don't know what do you what, is there a musical you want to watch not off the top of my head but i'll keep thinking about it and okay. we take requests too so if you're listening to this and there's a musical you think we should watch let us know oh yeah we actually got some fan mail we got a fan mail <laughs> one On fan mail instagram where you can follow us at wistful pod uh, let me pull it up from uh, a listener named Thomas. Hello, I'm a new listener to the podcast and I'm enjoying it a lot. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Thank you, Thomas. Uh, do you take suggestions? If so, please take a look. Number one, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Number two, Pokemon Indigo League. Number three, Batman the Animated Series. Thanks for looking. Let me know what you think. Sincerely, Thomas. Well, we really appreciate the fan mail, Thomas, and the suggestions. Um, I think Batman the Animated Series would be fun to do. I think Power Rangers Um, would be fun to do. Okay. I never really watched Power Rangers or Pokemon, although I have been getting into more anime, so I might make my way into Pokemon eventually. Um, I think Joey and my sister would come back on for Pokemon. Okay, cool. That sounds good. I've been watching... um, an anime a figure skating anime (laughs) whoa that's a thing (laughs) yeah called yuri on ice it's really fun cool i like it a lot yeah it's about um 
a Japanese figure skater named Yuri, mm-hmm. and he is like very average. But there's this Russian figure skater named Victor, who is like considering retiring. So he takes off, he takes a season off to coach Yuri. But there's also a Yuri on the Russian team, so they start calling him Yurio, and it's like this kind of battle between the two Yuris for Vincent's attention and ultimately his affection uh and it's cool and i like it (laughs) you love some figure skating i do i do uh i also watched an anime movie uh i think it was on netflix i forget what it was called but it was something about a witch and a flower so let me look it up oh mary and the witch's flower it's from 2017 i liked that a lot too it's very in my wheelhouse of things that I like. Of like witches and witches flowers. And flowers yeah. and animation. Yeah. You have uh, your brand down. Really I, I'm quite clear on my, my personal brand, yes. And apparently so is Netflix because every time I finish watching something, it keeps trying to recommend um, something called The Good Witch. And I'm like, mm, Netflix, please leave me alone. Stop trying to make me watch this movie that I'm definitely going to watch eventually. It's got me pegged. Maybe it's not The Good Witch. I don't know. Something else about witches. But then in October... More witches! More witches and Halloween things. And I'm very excited about that. So, my eye is really on October. I'm excited. Love October. Just in general. I am not ready to think about how close October is to right now. So I'm going to need you to stop saying the word October. (laughs) Yeah. When are you uh, coming back to the United States? Mm, Sometime in the next week or week and a half. Cool. I am going upstate next weekend. You are? To do what? I'm taking a uh, workshop at a place called Hort and Pot, which is like a horticultural shop slash garden center. Uh, They're offering a uh, Cat Skills Wildflower uh, floral design workshop. That sounds nice. Pretty pumped about that. So I am renting an Airbnb and we're going to go up. We're going to have fun. We're going to relax if it's the last (laughs) thing that I do. So we were supposed to go to Maine this week, and it did not work out. So I'm like, we are going to take a vacation. Well, that Even if it's only a day. Yeah. I'm excited for that. And I am also not ready for summer to be over. Mm -mm. It went really fast this year. Yeah. It always goes fast. Mm. (laughs) But I also really like the fall time, so that upset about it I don't know working with flowers it's like now every season I can appreciate and like I can appreciate like there isn't just what like these like major seasonal changes that we think of from like summer to fall and fall to winter like it's changing always and it's given me a, a new appreciation of the passage of time 
That's really nice. Yeah. We did it. That's a good note to end on. That is a good note to end on, and we should end it now before I say something sad. <laughs> oh, no, don't. <laughs> yep, stop right there. No, no, no. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm not going to. I'm just saying, like, I have a ha- habit of doing that at the end of the podcast. It's like saying something extremely serious, so let's call it a day. Keep it light. The passage of time is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And do you have anything to plug? Oh, uh, I mean, there are things. Who knows? Uh, You're going to be on Third Time's a Charm sometime soon? Mm-hmm. The Mad Max episode, you'll be on Watch the Throne Mad Max episode. Mm-hmm. So check that out. If you go to cageclub.me, you can find all of these things. Slash Kara, slash Jordan. You'll see all of the episodes that we've been on for the various Cage Club podcast network shows. High School Slumber Party, Keanu Club, um, Oh, you know what? I'm also going to be... I am going to be on a an episode of High School Slumber Party, although I don't know when it's coming out. Um, so maybe I shouldn't say this. Maybe I should. I'm going to be on the 8th grade episode of High School Slumber Party sometime. Cool. Well, soonishly. S- subscribe to the podcast, and then whenever you are on it, it'll come up in your podcast feed. Wherever you're listening to this, subscribe to that. Or go to cageclub.me. And you can find me on uh, mostly Instagram, sometimes Twitter, at BIMPS, B-I-M-P-S-E. Find Wistful Thinking in those places as well, at Wistful Pod. And you can find it. me on Instagram at PC. Yeah. I do send us fan mail. Please send more like fan send mail. A fan mail. Uh, to you can DM us on Instagram, like Thomas did. Yep, yeah, Thomas. Uh, or email us wist, wistful thinking at cageclub.me. Is that what it is? It's wistful. I don't know. We're bad at this part. Uh, figure you figure it out. <laughs> No, wist, our, our email is wistfulpod at gmail. Okay, yeah, that's our gmail account. Uh, we also have a cage club. We have a cage, see, I don't even That know. allegedly gets forwarded to our email addresses, oh, but I cool. don't think anyone's ever emailed us there, so, yeah. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> we were born before the wind. Also younger than the sun Yeah, the bonnie boat was one As we sail into the mystic Hearts when I hear the sailors cry Smell the sea and feel the sky let your soul and spirit fly into the mystic. And where that foghorn blows, I will be coming home. Mm. And when the foghorn blows, I want to hear. I don't have the fear and I
Stop. 